Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Christian Mendoza, co-host over at the Breathe Podcast. And this week's guest, I'd never met in person until today, but the first time I knew of him was when I played golf with his dad, my Tita Nair. Uh, his dad stayed at his childhood home in Bokawe Bulacan, and that's when I first saw a mural of my great-grandfather Pedro and my great-grandmother Rosa. And I immediately thought, I said, who did this? And my dad's brother, Tito Paping, he told me, he's like, hey, your second cousin did that. He's really good. I said, which one? He's like, oh, Tito Nair's son. And here he is today, Nario Eugenio II from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. How is it, cuz? It's nice to meet you for the first time. Mabute. Yeah. yeah good, it's good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to connect with you. Happy to connect with family always. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I think this is amazing that we're able to do this. Yeah, I know. I, I one of the one of the confessions I had on that trip when I first first saw your painting, it was 2008. I don't know if you know knew, but the flood had ruined your your mural, and so our great grandfather Lolo Pedro was actually a painter, and he was the one that taught my dad. And so my dad got one of his paintings, you know, he's like, hey, can you bring this home with you when you come back? And said, so I said, okay, cool. Put it in my suitcase and it cracked, man. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so, so I kind of ruined it, but then we fixed it. I mean, it's in my dad's house. And what's kind of cool is that our Lolo's painting got cracked, but then my dad was able to fix it. And what fixed it was art. And that was, that's, what's pretty cool that we're actually going to talk about art and the healing processes of art and how we're able to emotionally connect. And that's why I'm really excited to have you on. That's a cool little piece of history that I didn't know about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think anybody in our family knows. I mean, the fact that he painted on this piece of plywood, he probably never thought that that thing's going to end up in Los Angeles or California, you know, and it ended up there. And then here you are, you're out in, you know, you're out in Canada doing your thing. I think it's pretty dope. I mean, well, while we're on the subject, Let's go with the icebreaker. We've both been fortunate enough to visit the Philippines. We're giving love to uh, Bukawi Bulacan, where we're originally, our family ties are originally from. What are some of the best memories you have visiting there? Oof. For me, okay, I'll name one. It was okay. climbing the roof of that family house every morning yeah. um, to bask in the sun and just overlooking the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. meeting the people in the area i remember wanting to on purpose burn my skin to be as dark as everybody else's because I, I i just wanted to blend in yeah to the whole atmosphere i didn't i don't want to feel like an outcast or yeah. a foreigner and there was this sense of home before my understanding of home became such a thing in, in canada being raised mm -hmm. there but the question was always in my mind, what would life have been like had I been born here? Yeah, they I asked that too. Voices, you know, definitely one experience being in 
in in that family home mm. hiring the architecture the tile work yeah. you know the stories that w- would arise and all the questions about what was it like for father and his nine brothers and sisters or what was his 10 of them all together right yeah and seeing how they lived it was very humbling for me to <laughs> take a bath out of this uh, tub of the rainwater oh, yeah. and you know the tabo tabo thing is um a trip yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like whoa yeah because i remember the first time i ever visited when uh, i think it was five or six my dad thought that oh man he's probably gonna start ripping on a lot of the customs and no man i ended up loving it i, I he thought i was gonna judge it and i think probably maybe it's the same thing with your parents but it's like no I, we're able to connect on the emotional level I have memories of your guys, of that family house too. Tito Oli, we were out by the river. You know how the river's connected to the river. We would throw like pieces of wood and rocks into the river. And so I remember it too. And one of the cool memories I remember is Christmas, the fireworks. Did you ever visit during Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right? And then the roosters going off. (laughs) It was madness. I had a peek over... um... My father boosted me so that I could take a peek over the fence to see what was going on because I, I saw these flares shooting everywhere. Uh-huh. And it was like a war zone. I saw this tire in the middle of the street and it was burning. And then kids running around shooting each other with fireworks. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is too much. <laughs> All right. So before we go on in depth with the interview, what are your social media contacts, your emails, and what are some of the organizations and affiliations that you're connected with? Yeah, um, so you can find me on social media at www.nereozoro.com, N-E-R-E-O-Z-O-R-R-O. And the IG is Scenario. There's two accounts, one with the O spelled at the end and another spelled with a zero. So S-C-E, play on words, N-E-R-E, zero, or the O. And the affiliations, so I am... Still part of the roster of the Graffiti Gallery. It's the only graffiti gallery in Canada. It's based here in Winnipeg. I've been doing some community work with them for over 13 years and also as a commercial artist. And then for about five years, I was affiliated with a national organization called Blueprint Pathways, who specializes in art therapy through breaking, through spoken word, Oh, nice. Visual arts, but primarily dancing. And they do a lot of work in the youth corrections. Yeah, that would be about it as far as affiliations uh, go. Um, yeah, that's a pretty pretty good list. Hey, so Nario the second, let's do you have like a brief bio as an artist? I mean, who are you? Where are you from? What do you stand for? Well, for a long time I've been using the multidisciplinary title as something that comes close to what I do because I like to to bask in a a lot of many different forms. And I think I get influences by everything. I'm someone who believes that life is a medium and that everything is at my my fingertips to to turn into art. But I think right now in this stage of my life, I've primarily been focused on the visual arts but, you know, with that said, having many years performing, writing poetry, dancing, all that correlates and works in one cohesive way. So when I'm painting, I'm still storytelling. I'm still writing poetry in a sense, you know. So I'm a collector, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. I'm a bridge builder. Yeah. Um, 
in the metaphorical sense, of course. Uh, although with that said, I, I have also studied civil CAD technology. I've got that under my belt. And sometimes that plays into what I currently do as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, many hats. Oh, yeah, for sure. Many hats. <laughs> So I've been following your art for over 10 years, right? So when I kind of see your work, I can kind of tell that you have a story or a deeper meaning as to why you do art. I mean, what made you gravitate towards art as a means of expression? Was it like when you were a young kid? Yeah, as far as I can remember, I I was drawing, as far as my memory goes, um, Mm -hmm. which is three or four years old, and I still have images in my head of, what I looked like from like being in the corner of the room. I remember what the desk looks like. I remember mm-hmm. some of the characters that I designed. For me, it was a safe sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It was my my place for peace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times when I didn't feel like going out and being social, hanging out with kids, yeah, paper and pencil would suffice. And there was always a fascination with being able to create something. And I don't I don't think I was as conscious as I am now. But when I, in retrospect, when I think about it, I, I think there was a deep fascination for the ability to turn nothing into something. Like all of a sudden, there's a tree before me and there's a, a Marvel character mm-hmm. or some other character that has no title, but it, it looks cool to me. And just that ability to create kind of felt like a little magician of your own. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty dope because I mean, just the fact that you're saying, hey, ever since I was like three or four years old, I could remember, you know, the way the desk looked or a certain angle. You're already thinking of it like how Picasso was. Like his drawings were a lot more detailed for his age than, than the average five or six year old. So just the fact that you're already looking at details, it already showed you already had it in you from when you were real little. Yeah, there's something about that I was thinking about too, is that I I think a lot of times when kids create, it comes from a very innocent place because they're thinking so much about, is this good art? Is this bad? Mm -hmm. They're not even thinking about technique so much. But when I was creating, you know, like even I'd say my first graffiti-esque experience was coloring on the wall. And that mm-hmm. I remember vividly because the Chanelis came out when oh, yeah. my pops came home. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Oh, I know. I work and I come home yeah. to this. Like, no. Yeah. So, but after that experience. Yeah, when the foreign uh, objects come out. Oh, you're in trouble, <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is how art class began. Yeah. It was from uh-huh. that experience. And we were taught, this is a paper. Yeah. This is a pencil. This is where you draw. Mm-hmm. So we got boxed in a little bit, which mm-hmm. which was good. It's just where the, the entrance for the techniques started to come in. And mm-hmm. I remember the first class ever, we learned how to draw a tree. And uh, I observed everybody in the room, what they were doing. There was kids from all ages. And some of the older folks were doing an amazing job of rendering a three-dimensional tree Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, that that moment sometimes when you zoom into something and your head just kind of rotates and your eyes pop out of your head and like, wow, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, 
my brother was actually in that class and uh-huh. um, he wasn't as fascinated about that um, uh-huh. which kind of in a way it you can spot the early signs of you get a glimpse of where people are going and mm-hmm. where their interest peaks at a young age like when i drew all over that wall he was on the other side of the wall but he was marking down all the the statistics of uh-huh. the hockey cards and baseball cards he uh-huh. didn't get so much about figures and characters uh-huh. but he was a sports guy from from the beginning and mm-hmm. you see it today like he's that's kind of his line of work he's a massage mm-hmm. therapist works with um, athletes and mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah I mean, you were talking about the therapeutic aspects of art. I mean, what are you trying to accomplish, you know, with some of your art that you're doing? I think for me, it's always been an introspective art form. And there's a lot of things that I feel I've acquired through making art patience, for one. It is a meditation in many ways, in the truest sense, in that. Oh, yeah. uh, In the most chaotic places, I can find peace by using this outlet and the evolution of that came from not having that experience where I had to draw in complete silence in order to mm-hmm. draw well. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. shh, I'm drawing. Yeah. Otherwise I'd just lose it. Uh-huh. And over time learning how to be with those emotions and that mm-hmm. uncomfortable feeling and and find my place and just follow the lead and just be with it. You can imagine yourself at the tip of the pencil yeah. and nothing else around you, but just you and that. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of led the pathway for, for peace for me. Oh yeah. I, I totally feel you on that. I find art therapeutic and I almost, I have this drawing style where I'll just take a pen, black, like ballpoint pen. And I just start scratching the crap out of it. I don't know. Are you familiar with Francisco Goya? like his old school etching style. Well, it's almost as if I'm, you know, uh, people that cut themselves self-mutilation, but rather than mutilating myself, I'm mutilating that paper, you know, and I'm keeping it in a proper way. And I kind of feel that connection and the satisfaction. It's almost as if I'm talking to God, you know, he's Mm. talking to me through my emotions and I'm working it out. I'm almost fighting the worst version of myself. I don't know. Do you kind of feel that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I like these parallels that you're talking about. Yeah. I see it in so many cases where it's almost like two of the same things on just like different polarities where one is acting with the energy of creation and the other of destruction, but it, it, it's almost the same thing. It's like when you when you hear about gang members talk about brotherhood, mm-hmm. it's the reason why they, they stick around because they have a sense of belonging there, but in a twisted sense like you know yeah. it doesn't make sense for the people who, who are not in it that don't live that life mm-hmm. but they're they're seeking that because they hadn't had it any other way the same way that you're describing this feeling yeah when we we're doing a project in the prisons some of the kids described going into a dance site for a freestyling improvising on the spot knowing that there's a possibility of their peers judging them being able to face that fear was the same kind of adrenaline rush that they would experience when they get a break and enter. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's parallels, but it's like, how, where, where am I going to channel my energy into? Yeah. Is it going to be the positive or the negative? 
And I know I, I totally know what you're talking about. It's like which one, which monster are you going to feed, the light or the dark? I mean, actually, we're actually leading to the perfect question right here. I mean, how do you define your spiritual or religious background? Because it's obviously seeped into your art. I could just tell. I mean, shoot, there's a mandala right behind. So, like, let's hear it. I know, I know, you're you're universally encompassing of a lot of concepts. So, I'd love to hear your definition. Yeah, the spiritual path for me has been, you know, like a Catholic family going Sunday school. Oh yeah, um, same here. Yeah. For as young as, well, when did we begin? I think it was eight years old. We started going to, to Sunday school mm-hmm. and attending church. But anytime I, I was a little, I wanted, I was curious and anytime I had a question, it was kind of shut down or there weren't there weren't definitive answers. And I was mm-hmm. curious if there ever was. And if I, the more I became, the more that I knew that there were other religions and people worshiping different things, the curiosity grew from there. And I wanted to to explore that. I think by age of 16, I picked up some book. It was a book of wisdom by Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. And there was something in there where he was saying, you know, if if these beliefs work for you, then keep them. And if they don't, discard them. And right there, that gave me a sense of freedom in a way and and, and a sense of peace that I felt where I wasn't being put in a position where your belief is boxed in, in so mm-hmm. to speak. Like it almost felt like I'll be I'll be loved on this journey, whatever, whatever it's it's this experience has got to teach me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll be held. And I and I loved it for that. I fell in love with Buddhism um because of that alone. And I think I went through through many different phases of you know, there was a little bit of knocking down uh, Catholicism and Christianity because of the the, the colonialism stories yeah. that I would hear and the influences and hear things about how people were mistreated and abuse and all these things within the church. And it just, it didn't leave a good impression on me, but I've... Yeah, I've I was the same way. Right. I was the same way. I've definitely gone back to it and, you know, reading pieces of the Bible where I'm like, yeah, I, I, this is helpful for me. I believe in, I do believe in a Jesus Christ. I do believe in a higher power. My beliefs have, have changed over time as far as like, what name do I give it? I remember when I wrote a poem and it took me maybe t- two years to bring it into some kind of conclusion. Mm-hmm. Where it it started out as a as a knock knock joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but if maybe I can share it with you, it was like knock knock, who's there? Who, who is there? Is the answer to our question? Who cares about a name when your God, my God, our God are really all the same? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Same, same, but different. 
Jesus, Judah, Jah, Buddha, Brahman, Krishna, El Shaddai, Apollo, Mazda, Allah, Yahweh, or whatever you want to call him, or maybe you want to call him her, whatever you prefer, whatever quenches your thirst for knowledge. Who is to say who is better than the other so long as the lessons are learned? Am I right? Am I wrong? So long as we belong to a world of oxymorons, we can go on and on forever and ever more. But if it is one thing that I know for sure, it is that I am not sure where, when, or how to begin to tell you where, when, or how this precious life of ours is all going to end. I, I, I guess it all depends on what you believe makes more sense. And it just goes on and on with mm-hmm. um, like tying the knot. Like there's no definitive answer. It, yeah. They're not going to make it easy for us. So I believe love, love is a religion, yeah. whatever you want to call it. When I went back to the Philippines in 2008, I was seeking for as much as I can find about the history of Filipino culture and spirituality was one of the questions that I had as well. Uh-huh. And I remember going to this museum that highlighted all the different periods of civilization from the beginning of, you know, the first peoples. Um, yeah, the ancient tribal, you know, groups, the, the Aethas and all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they took us through these clay models. There was a period where, you know, the Chinese are there trading with the Philippines. Spaniards came with the Bible. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Ayala Museum, the Dioramas. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Do you know that Artita Chris was the historian that worked on that? My dad's, bro- uh, my dad's sister. Wild, I, right? I, I, some, yeah. Did she write a book? Yes. And she's okay. like the genius of the family. And so she, I remember seeing it. It's like seeing G.I. Joe, but Filipinos, <laughs> right? When I was, that's what, that's what the draw was. So go ahead. Yeah. You were talking about it. Oh, that's, thank you for that. Thank you for huh? that piece of history too. That's so cool. Uh, so uh, before that period, that clay model where there was yeah. the, the Spaniard with the Bible, I said, was, was what was, spirituality like before they came mm-hmm. and we were then we went further back and there was if i remember correctly there was a figure he's, he's in these rags and he's knelt down on the grass mm-hmm. and there's one looking up to the sky and the the woman said before the bible they used to praise the sky um, and the god and the tree was their god, and the grass was their god, and the sun was their god, and the moon was their god. Uh, and that I connected to on a level that I like no words could it, there's something very deeply and innately something that just feels right. So in that sense, I feel like and when people ask me, what are you? I say universal. Mm-hmm. But of course, we want to have titles and the way that we navigate through the world is, no, we want to hear what's your cultural background. Oh, yeah, Filipino. Mm-hmm. And like, well, what is Filipino? And, you know, I thought about that today. I actually looked up, what is Filipino? Yeah. What does it mean to be Filipino? Because if you ask somebody maybe 500 years ago, they'll have a different understanding if you ask somebody now it's like they'll bring oh, yeah. karaoke machines and jolly bee and all this stuff yeah um which is american influenced culture i feel like we've been 
we have such an eclectic mix of so many yeah. different. So I think we are a mixed, mixed people. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like just like the American influence, Asian. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, we were touching upon it. I mean, one of the major topics of discussion on our podcast is societal labels. I mean, we were just talking about it, such as race, social, political uh, affiliation, gender, religious labels. I mean, how do you feel that? I mean, do you feel that it tends to create divisions amongst people rather than bringing them together? I mean, what's your opinion on this? I mean, I, I, I believe so. I think sometimes we're arguing for the same thing. We're just happen to call it different names and people get offended. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And how many wars are out there because of, in the name of religion? Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, so how, how do you how do you how do you deal with it like in your within your own personal life and even within your art like the whole like just trying to educate and be a reflection of, of society i mean how are you doing doing that i think it it, it naturally comes into the art that i make i i often have a colorful palette yes. specifically because the whole spectrum of the rainbow for me represents everything, mm-hmm. every culture, every religion, every story. That so, in that one sense, I feel like um, I'm building a bridge. Mm-hmm. And I've also got me in in some heated debates as well because I got caught in in a bit of a crossfire. I guess you could say one year when I was invited to paint for the indigenous day celebration in Canada Mm -hmm. and you know, in the indigenous culture here, they celebrate the seven sacred animals and they had requested that I do it. But in in my style, like not Uh native styles, just do it in your own way. But I would love if you can do a version of this for the kids. It's mm-hmm. one of those photo cutouts, like painting, cut up the head so they can stick their, their head through. And after after I had done that, I had posted a picture online and there was a younger um, indigenous spoken word artist who who asked me, what's your background? Mm-hmm. And my answer, honestly, was I'm universal, but that's uh-huh. not what you wanted to hear. And said, so yeah. my parents are from the Philippines. He's like, I'm sorry, but this is cultural appropriation. Uh-huh. And then there was a heated debate with people um within the indigenous culture that were saying no it's not and yes it is and no it's not and so it was also an opportunity for me to step back and just listen mm-hmm. to, you know understand where the frustration and the anger was coming from and not not put any blame or or judge or anything like that it was good yeah. learning but uh, one of the curators who was who was defending that this art is for everybody was saying, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother taught me that art brings people together yeah. and that these sacred teachings are for everybody. Love is a teaching for everybody. Wisdom is a teaching for everybody. But I, I totally, I can understand that people want to preserve culture and make sure that it's not being tampered with in a way that, yeah. you know, stealing culture, you're stealing something that's very sacred and very important to me. So, mm-hmm. But in my heart, I just I know, and the spirits with me know that yeah. I'm, 
ally all the way. Um, yeah, it's just it's a matter of how somebody else is going to perceive it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely it was an opportunity for me to to listen. <laughs> yeah, you know what it reminds me of when you're talking about that is dude, Bruce Lee. The old school kung fu were like, no. But then the new school were like, hey, like, you know, we need to learn all this. And then Jeet Kune Do, you know, you're you're taking a little of whatever works for you, compiling it up, and I mean, just live in love. I kind of see yeah. that. <laughs> you ever watched that movie the on him with um Jason Scott Lee? Is it he the the dragon with um Yes. Oh the it was the dragon, right? The actual yeah. movie, the dragon, or yeah, I I really like that one. Have you watched yeah. the how Bruce Lee influenced the world? That one's pretty dope. I'll send it to you after. Oh, yeah, send me that. I don't think I have. Dude, you're gonna trip just from a b boy standpoint, like a lot of the kung fu moves, and then from a hip hop standpoint. I mean, they had Wu Tang. So conceptually, Nera, when you get your first inspiration or vision for what you're about to create, what's it feel like to you? What's your initial stage of creation? Well, there's different situations where I create for a client and then I create where it's more from a pure, honest place where I feel like the ideas arrive at me. I mean, in both cases, though, I think if someone says, Hey, I have this vision that I'd like you to help me with create, but I want to, I want you to interpret it and do it in your own way. I take that basis. I, I sit with it. I try to gather as much as I possibly can. It's like gathering a whole bunch of puzzle pieces together. I'm like, okay, this is the puzzle that I'm going to work with. Mm-hmm. And then slowly putting a few of these pieces together and then these pieces together. I think going through life experiences, I draw a lot of inspiration from that and Mm -hmm. some of the stories that I've collected over time. Dreams also. I don't know if you ever had that feeling when you wake up after a dream. And I know for myself that sometimes if I don't write it down, Uh it escapes me and and then it's lost forever. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get it back again. So I've been trying to keep a habit of keeping a notebook beside me and and jotting down dreams. And that to me always intrigues me. And that's something that I want to be able to translate the dreams that I have into this reality. Mm-hmm. When I said earlier, you were asking about my bio, who I am, what I do. Um, I mentioned building bridges. And the bridge for me is a metaphor for the different types of art that I create. So most oftentimes I'm asked to create a very safe bridge to cross. Mm-hmm. I want a well-structured steel bridge. And by that, I mean, I want a definitive tree. Mm-hmm. This is what a tree looks like. You know, this is a realistic tree. So I want this done, or I want, I want this face. I want it to look like this. Mm-hmm. Whereas the tree that I honestly want to create is like a drawbridge or even better than that, uh, mm-hmm. an invisible bridge. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want you to cross that. Uh-huh. There is no bridge. I'm like, yes, there is. Mm-hmm. That, if that makes any sense. Oh, it totally does. It's like you're, you want to push the envelope of creation. You know, you don't want to do what's cliche or what's been done before. You want to kind of have one foot in the danger zone in a, in a sense. Yeah. 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 I feel like it, it requires a little bit of risk taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or else you, otherwise you're not growing. Absolutely. You're just going to be doing the same old thing. And then that groove turns into a rut. <laughs> you don't want that, you know, as an artist. Yeah. So uh, one of the cool questions that I have is because I, I I just did a, a mural festival not too long ago and say like it was actually at the same time you did like a, a little over a month ago. Yeah, and I started month. realizing I'm like, yo, I have this ritual where when I start stretching, right, and then I eat the banana and then I drink the water, I put the sunscreen on. Yo, it's go time. I mean, do you have any any art rituals when it's a mural time? Like, what's Nario doing? Like what's um, what's your pump up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breathing, um, um, catching my breath, and meditating, and taking a moment to just sit and be still. Mm-hmm. And usually, the it, it comes back to me my reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. If I'm ever in a funk, and mm-hmm. especially now because I feel like I've been pushing myself, whereas before, if I felt like I didn't want to create. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do it. And then I didn't touch the, the canvas or the brush for months. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, no, I have a responsibility yes. to myself and, and to the world in this impermanent body that I have with this unpredictable time of when I'm going to go mm-hmm. to show up. And yeah. uh, when I align with that, it gives me a boost of energy to keep going. And then when I change the wording from I have to go paint today to I get to go paint today. Yes. Because it's a blessing. It is really a blessing to be able to do what I do. So, yes, <laughs> I will show up. And music. Music always is my battery. It's my spiritual battery. It, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little later too, you know, because it's like like one of the main reasons. Or here, let's just talk about it now. <laughs> I, I I've just started doing murals less than two years ago. You have way more mural experience than I do. So, one of the coolest things that I've come to discover is the fact that when I paint large format, man, it's like dancing or yoga with a brush. I've never, and I would have never found this out doing small work. And I know you're influenced by hip-hop and b-boying specifically and how's painting a mural the same and then how does it differ and then how is how is emceeing the same and then how does it differ from painting it's i mean it's a lot it's very similar it's the same energy i mean we were talking about it a little earlier yeah i believe it's the same energy different format same energy so when you're talking about this, it makes me think a lot of, do you know Josh Waitzkin? He's a no, I don't. prodigy. They made a movie about him with Lawrence Fishburne and what's the dude's name? Yeah, we got to continue, gotta continue these conversations for sure. <laughs> really, we'll just keep sending each other stuff. This is Absolutely. This Real short, though, he, he was considered a chess prodigy, like the next Bobby Fischer. The movie was actually called Searching for Bobby Fischer. And he played chess for most of his his childhood up until 18. And he, he stopped playing. He started to pick up Tai Chi, push hands. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, jujitsu, and he excelled in his field, in his in his art form, his new art form, really quickly, because he he described what he was doing in jujitsu was really just playing chess, yeah. and vice versa. And I do see a lot of parallels between different art forms, like with dancing and video editing, cutting um, video and hitting the, the time right. There's a thing called yes. beat pulling and breaking. Yes. Um, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the ryth- rhythmic patterns that you learn in writing and, and seeing, it goes with the way that I move the brush. Mm-hmm. Certain strokes that I do. It's the flow. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I say that all the time when I'm dancing, I'm painting. I'm literally dancing. I'm mm-hmm. like with the brush, I, I'll i take on an instrument mm-hmm. and I'll either like paint to the drum or there's a melody that kicks in and I'm totally in sync with the brush. It's, yeah. Oh, I feel you on that. That's like one of the most beautiful things, figure skating or ballet dancing, whatever you, you want to call it. It's just complete bliss. And I'm just... Like what you were saying, just being thankful, saying, hey, I get to paint. It's like, because me, I like being able to draw, being able to paint, it's almost like a form of prayer to me. And I just love it when I see people that are just so into it, because that's one yeah. of the most beautiful things to see is just see somebody in the zone. So that's one of the things that non-artists, they wish they could get into the artistic zone. So can we go into depth about, I mean, what's it feel like to you? when you just zoned out well you know there's been some times when i'd be emceeing i'm freestyling and you're in front of a crowd and there's a live band going and you're just going off it is like this euphoric state where you are being played by something else you're this yeah. instrument you become a vessel yeah the Those moments yeah yeah <laughs> you start drawing and then you lose mm-hmm. yourself and it's three hours pass and mm-hmm. like where am i <laughs> yeah but you look before you and there's this this masterful creation that got you know that was born out of this timeless space that you were in you kind of bend time in a way oh yeah it's almost as if it's just you and god and nothing else exists it's wild you know when you're when you're zoned and tapped in like that and then the fact that you had mentioned it when you were saying, oh, yeah, when I'm freestyling with a live band, it's almost as if something's controlling me. Like, is that's like one of the wildest feelings, man. It's a beautiful feeling. It It is like nothing can touch you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah, you just feel almost, you almost feel invisible. One of the cool things that I've actually, that we haven't really talked about yet that I admire is the fact that you're making impact on your community. Not only are you allowing art to heal yourself, but you're teaching the community, you know, through your gifts of art, whether it be, you know, displaying it or teaching it. How important is it to you to share your talents and knowledge with the younger generations? It's very important. I think it, it feeds me as much as I tried to, like what I bring to the art. It, it goes hand in hand. One doesn't exist without the other. And I think I've always recognized that this is not just for myself. Maybe when I was younger, mm-hmm. I, I was very yeah. close off or yeah. didn't want to show off my book or whatever. 
But, I, you know, actually going back, thinking when I wasn't doing this as a career and just making art on the street and kids coming by asking what I was doing, mm-hmm. I always remember I would stop, show them a little something or give them the can and like, hey, you want to fill this in? Or Yeah, there's always been this urge to share. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's, I enjoy seeing people enjoy the the fascinating feeling of creating something especially when they tell themselves that i can't draw oh um, yeah i hear that all the time (laughs) a lot of people like they're the negative self-talk we're so mean to ourselves man if we talk to our our friends and family the way we talk to ourselves we'd have no friends or family man if we could just see what others see and have a little self-confidence i think that's seeing your you know how you were talking about, oh, hey, I have an obligation now as an artist to finish these things out. So when you have a sense of completion, those are little steps where you could pat yourself on the back and then get rid of that negative self-talk because that's a bad yeah. one, man. Do you believe that that anybody can to learn art? So these people that tell themselves, I can I can never do that. Mm-hmm. Are you? I mean, I, I know that I'm someone that would advocate for if you put the time in, yeah. it, it just... Yeah, you'll be good to a certain level, uh, to a certain degree. I mean, you're not going to be some crazy art master. I mean, you know, there's only so many that can be. But I agree that you could be able to draw relatively good if you just put some effort in there, you know, mm-hmm. and give yourself a chance. I I like to believe that. I I, I always try to challenge that whenever I hear that. Like, spend some spend some time with me. Yeah, just try I, it. I'll show you what you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll show yourself what you can do, really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, I've taught some people before. And then I think the very first lesson I just did around the world, like copy me, I copy my line, copy my line. And the next thing you know, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you to you that you guys can paint. And they're just blown away. They're like, Whoa, I can yeah. paint. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty sweet. It's like, you're teaching them how to fly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Someone told me once that talent is pursued interest. So if, if, if you want it, that's true. Enough, yeah, you will find a way to to create it. But if you're on the side of the story that says I can't, I can't, I can't, well, then you've canceled yourself out from any of that possibility happening. Oh, for sure. It's like not very many success stories start with I can't or I won't. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of saying yes and let's go. You know, and yeah, so and just having I'll that try. general that general attitude of just no, 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 I, man. Guess what? You're not going to do anything. I feel you on that. Here, here's another question I had for you. Do you mind if we go a little in depth about your artistic style or philosophy? Because course, when I see yeah. your work, man, there's like so many layers of symbolism and meaning. I mean, you're doing portraits, you're doing nature and landscape, then you're doing like existential colors, then you're doing natural colors. How important is it to you to tell a story and deliver a, a message where you're painting? And what are you thinking about? What are you trying to tell people? More than thinking about, I'm trying to feel about what I'm creating. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Bruce Lee shit. <laughs> yeah, because it's always, it's all it's all about the feel. I like to create what um, moves me. I think the reason why I create art based on themes around nature is because I've spent a lot of time in it. And, and these are, it's something that I deeply care about. I care yeah. about our world. I care about our environment. I care about animals. 
mm-hmm. my encounters with animals. People ask like, "What the fox is a is a common theme that comes up?" The hummingbird yeah. is a, my son's name. Fox mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. born out of an encounter with a fox that came up to me and smelled my hand. We made eye contact. Oh wow! And, yeah, this was mm-hmm. at a place called Seven Sisters, mm-hmm. um, a sacred land near near the border of Ontario and Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a very special encounter. So uh, it's things that I'm, I'm mostly moved by and things that I have questions about. So the mystery is something that I am very much drawn to. When I can't quite put my finger on it, mm-hmm. I'm trying to grasp it and contain it in a piece of art, but I, it keeps slipping out of my hands every time I do. And I think that's the beauty of it. One time I, I had created something that, I felt was undone at the time. And somebody looked at it and like, what is done to you? Yeah. And it had this sketch quality to it. So it, it, it made me look at the artwork and think, no, this, this can stand the way it is. It raises some questions about what is final. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of have that edge to some of the pieces that I created. Some, some, something about it sometimes the string of artwork that I've created in the past all kind of have this, I don't think it's done, but mm-hmm. I think it is done. I feel it is done. Yeah. There's that question that comes into play. <laughs> yeah, that is like a crazy question. You're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's tough to know what's done and what's not. Here, let's go ahead and switch gears real quick. Yeah. We're talking about cultural stuff. So what are some of the Filipino cultural traits that you incorporate into your art? And are there any similarities to any of the native cultures that you've come across or some of the cultures you've come across growing up in Canada? Yeah, see, that's an interesting question. When um, when I look at my art, I don't know if it's, I don't feel like it's, it's, it has anything that's directly, that reflects how we today maybe understand Filipino culture. I think, you know, going back to the conversation about what, what it means to be Filipino and having such diverse story and a diverse culture in a sense that in itself plays a part into who I am and and what I create there's this universality mm-hmm. there's this universal sense of but you know as far as painting I haven't spent much time in the Philippines as much as I would love to and mm-hmm. I do have a deep longing to to dig up more about the indigenous roots. I'm really fascinated by that and the Mm -hmm. customs because growing up in Canada for most of my life, I've I've been exposed to more of the the customs here. Mm -hmm. And so naturally so, the influences do honestly come out with influences that I've learned from from the people that have shared with me in Canada. Yeah. And Winnipeg has the largest Filipino population in Canada. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Of Manitoba's population. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't grow up around many examples of Mm -hmm. Filipinos that were leading an arts career. Oh, yeah, that's tough. (laughs) You know what that's like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like how many, you know, just the fact that, you know, you're you do art, I do art and. Yeah, there aren't very many Filipino dudes over 40 that are doing that stuff, right? <laughs> it's, they're all like nurses or something or another. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think for that reason, um, in some ways, I felt like a bit of an outcast. Yeah, from, I feel, I feel you culture. on that. Mm-hmm. 
And I, you know, I didn't take that route of becoming a nurse or an engineer. And for fair reason, they, your parents will push that on us because the security and all of those important things. But going back to topic, I think that there weren't a whole lot of influences. I, there was a period in my poetry chapter where I started writing about issues that were happening in the Philippines. And I was like deeply dedicated to digging up my history. This was back in 2008 when I had painted yeah. uh, our grandfather and discovered yeah. that we had yeah. a painter in the family. You're tripping that it was that deep that it was buried a couple generations. Oh deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And I went to go <laughs> to one of whose house was it? But I was asking, is any of his paintings around? Mm-hmm. He was a landscape painter. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I had an appreciation for for what I was doing, and and felt like you know maybe there is uh, maybe we are painting with our blood here. Yeah, yeah, like you connected with this ancestor that passed away before we were even born right isn't that a trip because that's the guy that taught my dad and i trip out on that pretty cool just to be able to know that there's a painter in our family that's a few generations deep it's not just us it's not you know it's kind of like he's he's painting with us yeah oh and he definitely came in handy when when i told my parents i'm going to become a painter or a poet and they were like (laughs) what I could use him as as my 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 backup. <laughs> They're like, oh well, no, dog did it. Yeah, yeah. They taught me the the mall stick method. My my, uh, you know where you do cross arm on your easel and you use your arm to stabilize. I learned that from my dad, and my dad learned it from him. So it's kind of oh. cool, just like being able to learn like all the tricks. You oh, know, that's because cool. How to anchor your hand? Because if you don't anchor it, it's just floating. Yeah. And so he taught me how to anchor my my uh, painting hand with my non-dominant hand. I yeah. just picked up some from you. I, I hadn't been doing that. Oh, really? Oh, there you no. go. You should try it. It's pretty dope. That's the Tatang Indo style. <laughs> <laughs> from Bukawi to uh, Canada, <laughs> California. Take that gold and put yeah. it in my pocket. Oh, for sure, man. We'll definitely t- tell some more stories. <laughs> okay, so here's here's one thing. Over the course of your of your spiritual and artistic journey, what are some of the most important things you've learned about yourself? This is what art's all about. I've learned more about who I am uh, through learning about who I am not. Um, mm-hmm. What I think sometimes I put entertainment before honest expressions, so impression over expression. Sometimes with with rapping, especially, you know, you learn about bravado, and then you learn how to break that ego a bit and Learn to love the ego uh, in, in the sense where you don't have to show so much. Um, I learned humility, yeah, patience for sure, for sure, for sure. How to interact and, and be part of the world and be involved. Definitely taking myself out of the equation and selflessly creating, working with different communities, sharing what I know. And also the business side. Currently, that's something that, I know has been a, I'd say a, a weakness for mm-hmm. mine. 
Um, and I acknowledge that it is so that I can become better at it. Yeah. Oh, I feel you on that. It's like, what? I got to make receipts now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that has nothing to do with drawing. I know what you're talking about. In this world, it does. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. I'm doing yeah. invoices. I'm like, I just want to pay. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's part of it. And also health. Health. Been going through waves where I wasn't creating for a long time. And then I would just focus on my health. And then I come back to creating and I'm in this like go, go, go mode and I'm leaving that aside. I'm like, how can these coexist with one another? How can they be symbiotic? So again, humility comes back and it's like, you got to learn to step away. Yeah. The balance. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Sometimes sleeping is also part of painting, getting yeah. good rest, eating good food. Yeah. Or um, if, you're, if your hands are sore, yeah, you might want to chill. <laughs> you know, you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> stuff like that it's a hard lesson yeah because you, yeah you, you hear about artists that go mad and it's i mean some of my younger idols jean-michel Basquiat was one of them but he joined the 27 club and made me think a lot about is that the road i want to go down and when i learned more about him and the documentary he i don't know if he was entirely happy you know, he, he was successful in the in the arts world. But I think at that point, 27 was actually when my son was born, because when I was in my younger 20s, I didn't think I was going to live past my 30s. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting at the age that he died was the age that I had my son. And it was this new beginning for how an artist can live. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a revolution Oh yeah, really. for sure. Like, so here's one thing I had for you that we're asking a lot of the guests is if you had a slogan or a motto or a mantra for the rest of this year and the entire 2023, what would it be? Let action align with truth. Yeah, that, I actually, I like that one, man. Okay. So the last thing we have before we wrap up is we have this thing called the lightning round. So do you mind if we kind of go ahead and re-update your socials? Like we'll just refresh it, let everybody know, give, give my cousin Ariel the second Eugenio a little follow. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow me on IG at scenario, S-C-E-N-E-R-E-O. The other IG account is S-C-E-N-E-R-E with a zero at the end. Okay. Um, and then I got a website. You can find me at www.neriozoro.com. N-E-R-E-O-Z-O-R-R-O. -R -R okay, sweet. Are you ready for the lightning round, man? 10, 10 oh. questions where you have two choices just for the listed audience to get for you a little better? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Pumpkin spice, year long or seasonal? Uh, seasonal. Uh, Too much uh, of anything is not good for you. <laughs> okay you got that 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 pumpkin spice by by the by the second week if I think. that's true okay pencil or paintbrush paintbrush okay paintbrush or spray can spray spray can but i i just wish they they would change some of the things so it's more environmentally friendly <laughs> okay color or values color Okay, warm or cool tones? Or what? Cool tones or warm tones. Warm or cool. Okay, good. I thought you were saying war, like oh okay. no. War zones. Why did I hear war zones? Um warm tones. 
Okay. Better instrumental, Peter Piper by Run DMC or Apache by Incredible Bongo Band? Apache. Okay. A better movie, Crush Groove or Style Wars? <laughs> Style Wars. Okay. Bigger adrenaline rush as an artist, finished work or new concept? New concept. Okay. Adobo or Sinigang? Sinigang. Okay. Lechon Kowali or Sisig? What was that second one? Sisig. You know, the chopped up pig face or Lechon Kowali, the deep fried pork belly. <laughs> oh, I've been mostly vegetarian these days. Oh, okay. Okay. So but here we go. Day, it was all Lechon all day, every day. Oh, for sure. Buying art supplies or making art? <laughs> Okay, Bruce Lee or Bob Marley? Water could crash or water could flow. (laughs) Go, Bruce. Okay, and last question. Better movie, Cool Runnings or Mighty Ducks? Cool Runnings. (laughs) Cool Runnings a lot. All right. There you are the second. You hand your my cuz. Give them a follow from uh, Winnipeg. These are great questions. This is so. It was just nice connecting with you. It's nice to finally meet you. And yo, this isn't going to be the last time. I would love to paint with you someday. Yeah, man. Kindred cousins, right? So socks. I'm coming along. <laughs> For sure. I might go up that way. When I saw your socks, yo, <laughs> when you were paid to get the peach, the peach festival, I'm like, oh, we're related. I didn't even, you didn't even see your face. <laughs> I was like, yo, the socks. But yeah. Thanks for everything, and yeah, Yo, uh, thank you. you.